following podcast may contain a shitload of popular profanity. Live from Mighty Trapdoor Mansion, high atop Tent Hill, it's We Talk Games Video Power Magazine, featuring Frank Hemblin, Horace Pengrove, William Bentley III, with Stinky the Game Master, T.T. Schmootkins, Tishka Honeypot, Alex Greenspan, and Cut Cockbirth! And now we talk games! We talk games! Here it comes! Yeah! We talk games! Bullshit and energy! It's always rebels on top, Friends, here comes your next episode of We Talk Games featuring the Pack Month. Waka 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 waka. Yeah. I'm gonna lose Feel- my voice by the end of this. Yeah, that we should on the shits like I do. Oh, I am. Sorry. With- <laughs> it's okay. I have a diaper on. That Welcome never. Welcome, new works. listeners. That never works. Anyway, the diaper. No, I don't really have a shits. Not anymore. No, that's stupid. Anyway. My name is Wiggly. On the Skype pipe is Kyle Von Kubik. That's me. In the booth, as always, Mr. Onlay. Yo, Malahi, Malahi. You might want to check that Talkback channel for a little bit of reverb leak. Today we're going to be talking about a Pack Month game chosen by Kyle Von Kubik. He sets up most of our fancy dancy themed months. Sometimes I get to chime in. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry, too. <laughs> you want to explain a little bit about this year's sure. pack, pack month? Pack month this year is a little different from last. Last year, we talked about some pack games that people might not have been so familiar with. This year, because we already touched on those, we're talking about maze chase games that were probably inspired by Pac-Man. Pac-Man was a phenomenon. It was huge. Mm-hmm. And it influenced a lot of games. And the first week of Pac-Man, Pac-Month rather, we talked about a game that most likely influenced Pac-Man a little bit. And that was, uh, ha- I want to even say it. <laughs> I spoke to one of my friends since then. She said it's pronounced Hey Yan Cho Alien. But she said Heine Company Alien would be acceptable as well. But last week and the following weeks, we're going to be talking about games that were definitely inspired by Pac-Man. Uh, the Tower of Drugaga. 1984 by Druaga. Druaga, sorry. It's easy to say, Mm. but I always make mistakes on this game. I always say Druaga, Dagaga. I don't know why. It's Druaga. Yeah, Druaga. The Tower of Druaga, 1984 Namco, a mix between Pac-Man and D&D. Definitely in the style of Amazing Maze, which I talked about before, one of the first Maze-style games If you throw in the sounds of this game, it's more like irritating maze. 
Yes. Literally irritating maze, not like the game irritating maze. It's like a puzzle book maze puzzle, like your grandma would play. And somewhere there's a key. And in another place of this maze, there's a door. Get the key, go out the door, try to use your sword to defeat D&D style enemies scattered throughout the maze. And I mean, try to use your sword. (laughs) You could find this game on nearly every Namco classic release. So it's, My it's, goodness. it's not so it's not many yeah. ports of this game out there. The only thing I'm going to say about this game in relation to my clue last week is that if you hold the high score in this game, you must be deaf. The background music is okay. Uh, the same thing over and over again. But I had to stop trying to complete the level at least two or three times just so I wouldn't have to hear my character walk. <laughs> Because his walking sounds drive you insane. I mean, I tried to play through this game back when I had my first Namco Museum or something for the first PlayStation. Yeah. I don't remember being that annoying. Uh, You you can always turn off the volume, and that's probably what you will have to do. But his walking noises are just so grating. I agree. The sound effects are very annoying. But let's talk about the plot. Okay. You play as Gilgamesh. Yeah, which is straight up right up your alley. Yeah, it is. Is there any connection between the nonsense happening in this game and the story of Gilgamesh? There is absolutely not. (laughs) Okay. There's like ogres in here and blob monsters. So yeah, none of that none of that happens. Uh, Gilgamesh is a hero. He's from Uruk, and he actually became the king of Uruk. So he might have been a real person that was an actual king of Uruk. Sorry to put you on the spot. No, there's a queen that is a sycophant about him that sicks a bull on him. There's a very interesting, not moral to the story, but twist on the hero story. Unfortunately, I'm getting it confused a little bit with Hercules. I can't remember. I know that his buddy gets killed. Spoiler alert. And that's all I could think right now, because I'm, I'm not in Gilgamesh mode. All right, well, I'm in power of what, Druaga. What part of the story does Druaga come and take the blue crystal rod away from him? <laughs> Nothing that I've ever heard of. <laughs> All yeah. right. In fact, I don't remember him going into any tower. Uh, he fights a lot outside. Yeah, maybe I'm forgetting. It, huh? Yeah, maybe I'm forgetting some things. So the but. only connection is they're heroes that fight things. <laughs> I think he just, you know, he was named that by his parents. They didn't okay. know him very well. He was only a baby when they named him. Gotcha. Well, Gilgamesh in this game must defeat Druaga to retrieve the blue crystal rod, which will restore peace to the uh, world or kingdom, as well as rescue his maiden named Ki. And, of course, they're all held up in the Tower of Druaga. Yeah. Yeah, so Druaga is a demon. It is also a tower. It is the Tower of the Demons that share the same name. The Lord of Uruk, Prince Beloved of Van, who took a savage foe and rendered him a man. On every side, the crowns of the kings were heaped. Who Baba sold my soul to keep? With Shamus' age, he turned to something. Into <laughs> so, so, so he made the kings capitulate. So Nagba in Baru, when one desires, can bear not to want to lose. Other shit in that song <laughs> that I wrote about Gilgamesh. Right. Um, wait, wait, there's there's a good part. The portrait of a king and a thief and a killer. When he blows up, he's like a fucking gorilla. Uh, <laughs> Shanagba Imaru. Uh, the reason I said Shanagba Imaru is because a lot of times the Mesopotamian books would be named after the first few words of the book. And the first few words of the Epic of Gilgamesh is Shanagba Imaru. So um, you have that. Just remembered a little bit more. I wrote a song about it, but I can't remember it. 
The Tower of Draga, of course, is a maze chase game. It is vertical. It's also a race the clock game. Straight out of Draga, going through a maze that your grandmother plays. You try to find a key and go out a door. There's ogres and it's blobs and they're blue and they're some more. Yeah, yeah some more. And it was it's built yours. on the Mappy engine. Do you have a rap for the Mappy engine? Yeah. Mappy, he jumps on some trampolines. You wouldn't believe when he kicks the cats <laughs> into spleens. <laughs> you want me to continue? Yeah. So there's randomized elements in the maze. They change up each time you play where the door and the key is laid out. But um, essentially, they're all the same maze each time you play. They just move things around slightly. Which and it, it is a scrolling maze as well. It is a scrolling maze. That's correct. Very deceiving play mechanics about it. You touched on saying you go in the maze, <laughs> the sound effects are annoying, you get a key, you open a door. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought about this game. Mm-hmm. Then I noticed the treasure chest started to appear. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering, is this random as well? Like, why is this happening? So I did a little research into the game, and the game is actually way too deep for an <laughs> arcade game. And way ahead of its time. Just to give you an idea, 1974 was the release of Dungeons and Dragons as a pen and paper game. Yeah. You know, with dice. Right. And a dungeon master. And a dungeon master. And Gauntlet, sort of like- which is a game that we explored at yeah. Nausum recently. <laughs> was released in 1985, so this predates it. And it's very similar as far as presentation and graphics. It's this overhead view of the maze, and there's enemies coming at you. It doesn't have the same swarm as Gauntlet does. Not at all. Um, mm-hmm. But it does have a similar vibe about it. Would you agree with that? Not really, because it's too sparse, I think. Okay. I got a Gauntlet vibe out of it, but I also got a, a Legend of Zelda vibe from it, and that came out in 1986. Yeah. Just to give you a couple of uh, games that definitely were, you know, influence or influence of uh, this game. It definitely has tons of Dungeons & Dragons elements. Yes. And why is the game so complex, Kyle? Well, it's because there's over 50 items in this game. And those 50 items are collected from these treasure chests, which only appear when you do certain metrics within the stage. And sometimes it's simple. Kill three jellies. You kill the three jellies, the chest appears. You pick up the chest, and now you have a pickaxe as one of the items on your uh, user interface on the side of the screen. Mm -hmm. Well, what do I do with this pickaxe? Well, at first, you know, I could break through a wall. Oh, great. Then I go to use it again. Nothing. Okay, so maybe it's certain walls. No, it's, you can only use it once. I go through the maze. I'm finding these different items. I'm not understanding what they do. And that's the biggest drawback from this game. It's more complex than it needs to be. And it gives no direction as far as what you're supposed to be doing past get the key, open the door. And for you to complete this game, you're going to need to use these items that are put in the game very cryptically. Mm-hmm. Because there's no direction, it makes the game very challenging once you get into the fourth and fifth stage. There's winged boots to make you faster. There's several different types of potion. There's a gauntlet. There's a master sword. There's a gold pickaxe. There's a silver pickaxe. There's the copper pickaxe. To get the silver, you have to use your copper pickaxe at least once so that it's gray, and then you get the next one. This game, with all of its ideas dumped into it, Definitely would have been better suited on the PC or console and with a little more explanation. Like when did Venture come out? Because it definitely draws from Venture or Adventure and and those Mm -hmm. style games. And I had a Dungeons and Dragons just handheld. I know that that The LCD one? 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was and a cool game. Yeah, because you heard the dragon like in the next mm-hmm. off the side of screen and you shoot your arrow over there, hope you hit him. Yeah, it, he was just like a beep, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it draws from those games uh, as well uh, and ins- maybe, well, it didn't inspire those because I'm pretty sure those came out before Tower of uh, Druaga, maybe 80, maybe even 79. Some of those, you know, uh, I'm a circle and <laughs> with an arrow yeah. on me that I... Go From the moment Dungeons and Dragons it. was a pen and paper game, people were trying to make it a computer game or video game. It's definitely. Fu- it's funny because people were like, I remember the good old days of pen and paper and dice. It's like <laughs> from the moment that game was created, people were trying to put it onto a computer or onto a video game system or into the arcade. Sorry, kiddo. I played Gamma World. Oh. I made a module for it with Hydro Waste, a character I created. And if you're a fan of Trapdoor, you might know Hydro Waste Go Go as one of our uh, funny songs. Look it up on uh, that YouTube. You'll be surprised what you see for how long ago that was. Mm. Yeah. Next. What I find funny about this particular title is it goes back to something we've said about Namco in the past, which is they really love themselves. <laughs> and they really love their characters. They do. I was not familiar with Prince Gilgamesh and his many adventures, but this arcade title actually spawned four sequels off the main story and six spinoffs. The latest one coming out in 2007 on the PC. I had no idea about that. It's really incredible. And for me, playing the game, I talked about this a few weeks ago. I got the vibe of the Dark Labyrinth and the roguelikes and the Dungeon Explorers, and I like those games. But with, with I, I played it on mute because <laughs> the yeah. sound effects were really annoying. Oh my gosh! And, and the song was repetitive. But the challenge aside, it it had a, a spelunker vibe about it for me, and mm. I had like an affinity toward it, like some people have toward spelunker. I'm playing the game and I'm finding it cute that it's trying to achieve all these things as an arcade title, and it is I don't think achieving it very well at all. <laughs> Yeah, because it's very long to get to certain things because the mazes are pretty large and they are actual mazes, uh, like I had mentioned. Yeah, there's 60 floors total in the tower. Wow. Yeah, you know, like I said, when this came out first on the different classics, I played it a lot. I was very excited to see Tower of Druaga on those Namco releases. Just when I revisited, though, on the actual arcade game, well, those were actual arcade games as well, but I don't know why this time it didn't float my boat. Mm. I think it falls in that in-between period. It's more advanced than some of its predecessors, but the ideas aren't developed enough to hook into like some of its predecessors did. Does that make sense? Uh, definitely. I, I think it's a good start to something greater. Clearly for Namco, who went on to make all these sequels. with, I have got to look into that. I will say this. It had numerous ports. In fact, two of which were the Namcot variety, uh-huh. which came out on the MSX and the Famicom. The Famicom and the MSX and many, many others of these ports are just the arcade game reinterpreted for that system or almost a perfect port of the arcade game. Except for, in 1990, the Game Boy had a port of it. And the game itself is identical, just the graphics are interpreted through the Game Boy's hardware. But there are cinematics in the beginning that actually show you the story of the Tower of Draga. Oh. It shows you Gilgamesh shooting up in his gold armor. It shows you the tower with lightning bolts coming down on it. And I was like, this is a good start. Now, I was thinking this was going to end up 
like Lock and Chase again, where the Game Boy version is maybe slightly better than the arcade version. Sadly, no, it is just more of the arcade, but that was a nice little element. But the same year, 1990, on the PC Engine, it's a completely different game. It has a graphical overhaul. The mazes are completely different. There's still items. The music is much better. The sound effects are much better. And graphically, it's really impressive. And it has this sort of three-quarter over, uh, overview of the characters for the maze. So the maze, you're zoomed in a little bit more, and it feels like you're going through a maze. With the arcade version of this game, with that overhead view, the mazes aren't that incredibly difficult. Sans the step puzzles that are peppered through this arcade game. Yes, by step puzzles, I mean there are certain areas you must hit in a sequence for the door to appear. Fuck you, Namco. (laughs) Seriously. That's just the biggest grab for cash I've ever seen. On top of all the other bullshit it throws at you in this game. Oh, and did I mention when the time is starting to run out, fireballs, which are completely impervious to your attacks, start flying into the maze trying to kill you. Yeah. This is a tough game, but I didn't know if you were familiar with the PC Engine version. No, and and, and this is pissing me off now because I had forgotten about Ultra Box, and now I'd forgot about this game. I'm a guy with the fucking Pachinko controller. <laughs> With uh, all those pachinko games where he, he's flying around in a flying saucer fighting a pachinko is. <laughs> well, <I laughs> Trying to save you, his pachinko wife. I think you should go and check this game out. You're, you're six years ahead of the initial arcade release. So there's definitely those improvements just from time. I think you're going to like it graphically. I think it's going to be your cup of tea. I think it's going to be the cup of tea of most. I think if some of the elements of what you've heard me discuss about this game interests you, you might want to check out the PC Engine version of the game. Check out the arcade version. So again, like I always say, you can check out the roots of where this game came from. But the PC Engine game I found very satisfying. My God, I I played such shit games like Splash Lake and all those other crap games that they, they came out in the death throes. Oh, I played those horrible, horrible night creatures and and all. I thought I played every goddamn game for that thing. I, you know, I played ones I couldn't understand. I had to stop. I think Bubblegum Crash came out, which unfortunately I would love to have played if I knew what the hell was going on with it. <laughs> I played through every Valis, and the, you know those were somewhat okay. <laughs> I mean, they're they're not games that many people would want to beat, but I beat them. That's really, uh, well, you know what, though? I'm not trying to depress you. I'm just trying to illuminate. It's actually good because there's a reason to go back. And I always go back to the terrible. Now, the thing is, is that I might have the onset of early auto effect. I did have that brain tumor. That brain had to be, well, I did. (laughs) I'm sure it was, it was very. Say hello to my little. Um, I started me right now. <laughs> no, I started getting clap, brain clap, brain clap, brain clap. Hey, eat a dick, old man. You eat a dick. After seeing a turned out to buy paint. I'm so glad you're not. A date with my boyfriend. Who? The Fresh Prince of Bear. It is written. He is a liar. He is a truly tremendous liar. Ask him to explain his cleavage. Well, right. like, like a wind. Because I had to get this stuff shot in my, okay. and uh, you get this reason, get this reason, reason, you shot, get that shot, and you have to sit. Your ass in. gets really hot. <laughs> but, 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 this hand uh, points to my nuts. 
I want my crack pipe. I, was, I fucking hope so too. <laughs> I was playing a Turbo Graphics since it came out in the late '80s. Right. So, um, hey, you let's lighten the mood a little bit. Yeah. You might start playing this game and be like, oh yeah, I play this game. Kyle's wrong. This game sucks. <laughs> Yeah, it's actually the Batman game, which I tend to bring up a lot. The Batman, Pac-Man, Pac-Bat. Anything else about Tower of Druaga? No, I'm fucking depressed now. Oh, come on. Things happen to people, you know? I don't need to remember my friends. Fuck (laughs) them. I make up new things in my mind myself. Can't help but look around at all these toys. What am I going to do? Not know what these toys are? (laughs) Yeah, that's all I want in my life, toys. And not working. <laughs> I never really learned how to play any instruments, so all my music is just oh, sort of... Stop. No, it's true. I mean, all my music is like luck and the will to do music. Okay, I'm going to go crawl in a corner. <laughs> On that note, here's Johnny Capcom with the Blow Blair Blip. Maybe. Magic Magic suck. Okay, the pro, pro player tip. Uh, nearly fucked that one up. We're back again. Um, well, I say we because uh, I'm making a big fucking deal with this. I made a promise last week's special treat for Pack Month that we'll bring back Eric Alex. Hello. <laughs> everything <laughs> i beat all the other machinations machinations to get eric back on the show it's a special day it's a special occasion as jj dylan was once said in a line that was repeated through many promos that will be put together because they're quite lazy it's a happening it is a happening eric how have you been what are you up to I'm so excited to be back. I, uh, I've been playing Dragon Age Inquisition, Encounter Spy, and Darkest Dungeons on oh. Steam. Can't wait to talk about all of them. Oh, well, no, <clears throat> this is actually the, the pro player tip section. We don't really do that anymore. Um, oh. Uh, it's okay, though. Have you, have you ever played Tower of Draga? I've never heard of Tower of Draga. Anyway, pro player tip for Tower of Draga. If, you, uh, if you're going to be playing this game... When your sword is unsheathed, your shield moves from your front to your left side. You can use this to block projectiles coming at you while attacking. This takes a lot of practice to master, though. Also, be sure to get the wing boots on level 2 by killing all the enemies. It's impossible to beat the game without them. How was that for a tip, huh? Good. What's this month's uh, council topic, anyways? For fuck's sake. Um, we've got a lot to talk about, Eric. It's not going to fit on the... Uh, 
Anyway, look, that's it for your pro player tip on Pack Month. Uh, I'm going to fill Eric in on everything that's happened in the last few years uh, where he's been absent. He's going to fill me in on Wisconsin geography and game shops and who do I need to know for future absconding to the United States. I hope everybody enjoyed this tip and I hope everybody enjoyed having fucking man himself, Eric Alexander, back on the show. Everybody should enjoy Pack Month, hopefully, and uh, yeah, we'll talk to you later. Bye bye. Bye. He did it, Eric Alex. I love Eric. Hello, I love that. And I don't have to be so depressed and talk about brain tumors and aneurysms and a lump on my balls and diarrhea. And uh, that's it. Hey, let's let's talk about the contest that's happening. Oh yeah, yeah, month yeah. Long for Pac Month. I'm sorry, we were running short. Ron Guyot of Fabled Creative has given us two limited edition posters to give away. Holy cripes! Inspired by Pac-Man, and of course that means it's perfect for Pac-Month in his familiar Art Deco style. These are limited edition posters. Mm. They're going to be signed and numbered, and two lucky listeners are going to get these posters. How do I win? I don't know. Well, it's easy. Go on Twitter. Number tell one. Us about, <laughs> tell us about... Your, your favorite Pac-Man experience, your favorite Maze Chase game. Maybe do a review of one of the games we talk about this month. Make a video. Do a Photoshop or something. Be creative. And hashtag it Pac-Month. And how about the Ice Bucket Challenge? Yeah, do an do Ice that. Bucket Challenge and say, Waka, 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 waka. <laughs> and then uh, post that on Twitter. Hashtag it with Pac-Month, one word. And one person who does that will be selected randomly to win one of these posters. Yeah. The other way to win. Number two. Facebook.com slash WTG podcast. You're going to hit like, and then you're going to share one of our pack month stories in your feed. Yeah. One of the episodes from this, this month. You can do it for all five weeks. You can do it for one week. One of you will be randomly selected to win this poster. Misspoke last week. I said 22. It's 16 by 24 inches. It's Those a screen extra printed poster. two inches make a difference. It does make a difference because that's a standard frame size. So I want to thank Ron Guyat. You can follow him on Twitter at Fabled Creative. They're on Instagram with the same name. They're on Tumblr. They're on Facebook. Go out, support them, support Ron Guyat. Check out his art. It's beautiful stuff. I also want to thank everybody who's contributing this month, all month long, mm, yeah. into the pack month happening. We have shows within our own network, GiantMediaBall.com, as well as outside of our network, the 8-Bit Geek and the Retro League. Check these guys out. See what they're doing. Make sure you're following us on Twitter, at We Talk Games, because every day we're posting something that is involving Pack Month in some sort of capacity, whether it's something we're doing, something our friends are doing, or, or something you're doing. Get involved. You ain't shitting. And now here's T.T. Schmookins with next week's We Talk Games Video Power Magazine Arcade Weekly Arcade Game Audio Clue. Hello, I am T.T. Schmookins. Here is next week's We Talk Games Video Power Magazine Arcade Weekly Arcade Game Audio Clue. Good luck, dudes. Next week is a game I had talked about that I've wanted to review this entire pack month. Waka, 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 waka. Because it is probably one of my favorite games of all time. So much good, I think, in this game. So fucking bizarre it so got released good. here. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then again, out of like uh, 20,000 arcade 
community members, zero people have the cabinet. Mm. So I can only imagine that this wacky game was one of the ones that the senators would set on fire and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Speaking of senators, my clue is going to be the last time we talked about a game that featured the Prime Minister of Japan was never. <laughs> and uh, my clue for next week is only Nixon can go to China, but Tanaka can get power bombed by Giant Baba. This if someone googles what we just said, it's, it's all over immediately. Yeah, it's all over. <laughs> okay, everybody. Well, remember, don't be a jerk all the time. We hope you like us. Bye bye. Pack moth. Walk 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 walk. Pokemon. What did Pokemon do? Why don't you take a bath with a Pikachu? Because he'll Pokemon you. <laughs> all right. Now wait. Reverse that. Civilization, the mighty King Gilgamesh built the great city of Buddha. Gilgamesh, one-third human and two-thirds god, the strongest superhuman that ever existed. It was he who in his glory built the great walls of Uruk to keep his people safe from outside forces, but not from himself. He oppresses his people, and so they cry out to the sky god Anu. In response, Anu creates the wild man in Kidu to plague Gilgamesh's city. What, what, what is a reptile? This reptilian race came to this planet a long time ago, uh, bred humans as we know them, either interbred with them or genetically spliced. Do you think the reptiles that are on this planet now might be related in some form or fashion with these reptilian ETs? God, Adam and Eve, uh, the stories of, of creation and the flood in the Old Testament. According to this one woman who gave me this story earlier, though, it was a sexual story. It's one that said he was kind of breaking ranks and saying, you know, I'm coming to you and I'm, I'm, I'm uh, communing with you and being intimate with you, even though my race is bent on the destruction of mankind. You really didn't know we anything. Didn't know anything. We were so dumb. <laughs> Sir. We didn't know who was a lady. <laughs> But they were. Oh, it was with us. We but didn't know who they were. <laughs> we didn't know who was the you, ladies and who was fellas. You thought it was they were just different type of yes, fellas. Yes, stronger or smaller or softer. The softer ones, I think, were ladies all the time. <laughs> what, what? How did you find out? Well, they were ladies. A cute fat guy could you could have mistaken the <laughs> Soft and cute. Who was the person who discovered the female? Bernie. In 2,000 years, the greatest thing mankind ever devised that I think, in my humble opinion, is saran wrap. <laughs> you can put a sandwich in it, you can look through it, you can touch it and put it over your face and pull around and everything. It's so good and cute, you can wrap it up. You equate this? I love it. You can put three olives in it and put a little one. You can put ten sandwiches in to make a picture of it. Whatever you want, it clings and it sticks. It's you great. equate this with... You can this, look right through it. You equate this with man's discovery of space? That was good. <laughs>